Welcome to episode 40 of Paws, Claws and Wet Noses, the veterinary podcast celebrating all creatures great and small and the fantabulous professionals who look after them all. I'm your show host, Julie South. This is the second show of two looking at emotional intelligence, what it is and how it's important to your personal and professional success, and mine of course as well. If you haven't looked at last week's show yet, episode 39, I urge you to do that because it'll help give you some context for today's show. Today we're going to be looking at strategies to help and support you and your team become more emotionally intelligent. An old vet told my father when he was a student in Glasgow, he said, uh, if you want to be a success in veterinary practice, just keep the bowels open and trust the rest to God. Nutrition's not an opinion, it's a science. They called me that weird herbal needle vet, and I, I just remember thinking, well, I'm still going to do it, because I know it works, and I've got the research to back it. From reminiscences of the real James Herriot's son, to pet nutrition, to acupuncture. The Vet Podcast discusses current animal health issues from around the world. I'm veterinarian Brian Gregor from New Zealand. Just search for The Vet Podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Paws, Claws and Wet Noses is sponsored by Vet Staff. If you've never heard of Vet Staff, it's New Zealand's only full-service recruitment agency, 100% dedicated to the veterinary sector. Vet staff has been around since 2015 and works nationwide, from Cape Reinga to the Bluff and everywhere in between. As well as helping Kiwis, vet staff also helps overseas qualified veterinarians find work in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Vetstaff.co.nz I want to start by sharing part of a presentation by Daniel Goleman, and he is the best-selling author of many books, but this one in particular, Emotional Intelligence, Why It Can Matter More Than IQ. Now, even though the book was published back in 1995, it's still relevant today. In Emotional Intelligence, Why It Can Matter More Than IQ, he posits that emotional intelligence is as important as IQ, intellectual intelligence, intellectual intelligence quotient for success, including academic, professional, social and interpersonal aspects of one's life. Goldman made this presentation, the one that we're going to be listening to now, in Australia back in 2017 at the World of Business Ideas. I'll put the whole presentation up on the episode page of Pause Clause, episode 40, for you to watch the whole lot if you are interested. But right now, we're going to be hopping on here at about the 5 minute 30 mark. I met recently a, uh, the CEO of BlackRock. BlackRock is the world's largest uh, investment company. It manages trillions of dollars. And he, he was puzzled. He said... Can you explain why it is that I hire the best and the brightest from the very best schools or companies and I still have a bell curve for performance? What's going on here? 
And I'd like to share with you the answer I gave him. It has to do with some research I did after I wrote Emotional Intelligence. I got very interested in business and remembered that my mentor back in graduate school had uh, written an article in the main psychology journal, that was my field, that was very controversial at the time. He said, if you want to hire someone, don't look at their IQ, don't look at their personality tests, don't really look at their business expertise. What you want to do is look in your own company at people who hold that position now or have held it in the past, identify by whatever metric makes sense for that position, the top 10%, the stars, and compare the stars with people in the same position who are only average in performance. Do a systematic analysis and identify the skills or abilities or competencies you see in the stars that you don't see in the average. It's called competence modeling. Anybody familiar with competence modeling? Most world-class companies have competence models, particularly for top-level executives. And I was able to get access to one to 200 of these which was not easy because these are proprietary studies. Companies don't share the data. They want to know, they're doing it for competitive reasons. But here's what I found. I aggregated the data and I just looked at, this is the very back of the envelope, how many of those abilities the companies themselves independently have identified as distinguishing their stars, how many of those abilities are based on cognitive, Strengths, IQ and technical skills, or emotional intelligence, how we handle ourselves and our relationships. And what I found was that for jobs of all kinds, emotional intelligence is about twice as important. And it's twice as important in distinguishing that, that blue line at the bottom is what you learned in school, your technical skills, it's what everyone else has. Those are threshold competencies, what you need to get the job. But they don't tell you how you'll do once you're in the job. Will you uh, be a star performer? Will you be a great team member? Will you become a leader? The higher you go in the organization, the more emotional intelligence matters. So for top-level jobs, see sweet jobs, for example, 80 to 90% of the competencies the companies themselves identify as distinguishing stars here are based on emotional intelligence. It makes sense because what you're doing at that point is not using your technical skills or whatever uh, you've learned for that position in terms of cognitive abilities. What you're doing mostly is managing people. The art of leadership is getting work done well through other people. So... Uh, there was just a study done of engineers and what distinguished the best engineers from average engineers. And it turns out success as judged by their peers, people who know the job well and the person well, correlates zero with IQ and enormously with emotional intelligence. Why would that be? It's because there's a floor effect. To be an engineer, to be an MBA, to be a professional of any kind, you need an IQ about a standard deviation above the norm, above 100. You need to be 115 or better. The floor effect is once you are in that role, everyone else is as smart as you are. So IQ drops away as a predictor of success. 
emotional intelligence remains. This one ability here uh, in the top-level jobs that's based on cognitive abilities is very telling. It's big-picture thinking, pattern recognition, understanding how a change here in a complex system is going to ramify over there, how a decision made today will matter in five years or ten years. This allows you to identify your strategy. But once you have your strategy, you can only get there through your people. You have to do what? You have to communicate, persuade, listen, dialogue, inspire, motivate, and all of those are emotional intelligence skills. What did you pick up out of that? My takeaways were the, well, a number of them, the floor effect. And he referenced that in terms of engineers. But when you think about it, veterinarians and veterinary nurses have a minimum standard to reach. They've they've got the qualification. So therefore, veterinarians at your place have similar IQs. What gets those that are more successful is their emotional intelligence. So the better leaders at your clinic will have greater emotional or more well-developed emotional intelligence than those who don't. The other thing that I wanted to to perhaps bring your attention to was the art of leadership is getting work done well by other people. And you'll notice that in in your clinic and around you, the best team leaders, the best people who, who rally everyone around them are those who know how to relate to others. So that's from, I'll put the, the full video of that. Like I said, at that point we stepped in at about the 5 minute 30 mark, but the full video will be up on episode 40, pause clause wetnoses.fm. Now what I'd like to do is look at six ways you can lead as an emotionally intelligent person. And this is according to Linda Rainier, who is a career coach in the U.S., Tip number one, learn more about the inner workings of you. Think of yourself as someone who wants to be a really good car mechanic and you want to be able to attract as many customers to your shop as possible. If you want to be a really good car mechanic, you need to be able to prove that you understand the inner workings of a car. Because you want to be well relied upon and well trusted with anyone's car, you have to be able to understand how does a car function, what are its reactions, what are the issues that can come up, what can cause it to go bad or shut down. You have to really be able to understand the inner workings of a car. Well, in the corporate world, you are the car and the mechanic at the same time. If you really want to be seen as someone who's truly leadership potential, someone that can climb to the senior ranks in your organization or any other organization, you have to understand the inner workings of yourself. You have to be able to acknowledge your own thoughts, feelings, and emotions and the way you tend to react and be able to have that level of self-awareness that's much deeper than just the very surface level understanding of yourself. Poor leaders are ones that do not have the ability to understand another's emotions. And you probably have experienced interacting with one, someone that just only sees his or her way and does not take into account anyone else's because simply they just don't get it. You don't want to be that kind of leader. You want to be someone who can understand 
yourself, which is the most important thing, but because you understand yourself, you'll be able to understand others as well. So the best and easiest way for you to get started in terms of understanding the inner workings of you is to start to catch yourself in the moment and be very vigilant about this. Be very attentive when it comes to understanding the reactions that you tend to have in any situation. So the next time something happens at work where potentially it's an upsetting situation, catch yourself, see how you react, observe how you react. Are you someone who tends to react very quickly and you become very sharp with your words, you're super direct? Or are you someone that closes up and you're afraid to offend anyone so you don't say anything? Take note of it and start to understand where you need to improve so that you can really develop that leadership potential within yourself. Tip number two to improving your emotional intelligence is to get a real assessment of yourself, get outside input. When it comes to understanding yourself, sometimes it's actually impossible to be able to look at yourself entirely objectively, which is why it's important that you start to get input from those around you. Now, you're not gonna ask for everyone's input on how they think, what they think about you, but I would say definitely talk to those closest to you. The ones that you can trust will be honest with you. And a really good exercise that I've asked my clients to do um, in recent years has been, Go to two, three, four, five close friends, family members, um, colleagues who you trust and have them for literally five minutes straight say everything that they can about you whatever it is and you can't filter them out so if they're describing you they say you tend to do this or you're you know in times you do this and they're not being critical by the way they can't be super critical but they do have to be honest with how they feel take it and you know you have to have a little bit of a um, tough stomach for this because the truth is sometimes the truth hurts and you have to be willing to hear what they're going to say, but you have to write it all down. And then from there, start to notice the patterns amongst the other uh, reports that you end up getting um, through this process. And from there, analyze and see what are the patterns? What are, what are most people saying? Where can I improve on? What did I not like when I heard them say that about me and understand why is it that you come across that way? Why is it that that happens to you or that you react that way? And from there, you'll be able to get a deeper understanding of yourself. Again, it's all about understanding your inner workings, which is, goes back to tip number one. So if you can do that, that's really gonna help you. Tip number three is to journal and track. So this is a very personal exercise, but a really good way to truly see how you are and who you are and how you come across is by keeping a journal, keeping a diary where every day you would write down the major events that happened, how you reacted in those events, how you um, handled them, and then leaving it at that. And occasionally, you know, perhaps at the end of every week, you're going to want to go through that week's list and you start to notice what trends tend to come up, what situations spark you to feel a certain way and react a certain way and do a certain thing and start to understand that about yourself. Because the more you can understand yourself, if there's things that you want to improve, you'll be able to improve on them. You'll be able to identify them directly as opposed to guessing. And then if there are things that you're happy with in terms of how you are, um, how you're reacting and how you express yourself, great. 
pat yourself on the back and keep on going. Tip number four is to listen. So as much as we've been doing work on ourselves so far in the first few tips, another tip that's gonna help you when it comes to interacting with others is to not judge, to just simply listen. When someone is coming to you and telling you something, a story, a situation, don't dive in with your own thoughts and judgments and preconceptions about how they're experiencing it. Instead, let them tell you without interruptions what it is that they're going through. And the more you can do that and truly listen to someone, the more you can actually understand where they're coming from, why they're feeling the way they're feeling, you'll be able to understand that individual much better in a more clearer way because you'll be able to understand understand why they're saying what they're saying, what thoughts got them to lead them to say what they're saying right now to you, and why they're in the mindset that they're in. So that when they ask you for advice, you'll be able to give authentic, genuine words of wisdom to them that is without your own judgment, without your own opinions in it. It's really gonna be truly helpful advice for them because they're gonna hear it and they're gonna recognize that it's not coming from your own thoughts necessarily, it's coming from a deeper place. It's coming from a place of you understanding them. Tip number five is about putting yourself in the other person's shoes. You wanna be able to exactly understand where they're coming from, why they're saying what they're saying, where those thoughts came from. And you know, that I know this can be difficult um, to sometimes put yourself in the other person's shoes because you only see your perspective, but the more that you're able to just sit back and actually envision yourself in their situation and seeing the world through their eyes, and you have the ability to do this if you just practice, seeing the world through their eyes, you're gonna gain a whole level of understanding that you didn't realize you had within you. And with that understanding, again, you're gonna be able to guide them, help them, move them along to get out of their situation, their struggle that they're dealing with in a much smoother way. And you're gonna eventually, as you do that over time, you're gonna be seen as someone who is truly leadership potential because you're helping people. You're helping people move on if, even if it's something as simple as a task at work that they're struggling with and they're just really upset over it. Whatever it is, you know, you going over, being able to understand where they're from, where they're coming from and be able to tap into that and tell them um, what they can do about it based on how they're feeling, acknowledging what they're feeling. Doing that is all going to lead you into becoming a true leader. So definitely try to put yourself in the other person's shoes. And lastly, tip number six is to open yourself up. I know when it comes to work, it, especially in a company, you know, you don't really wanna bring your personal life into work. You wanna keep things professional. But sometimes in order to really develop strong relationships and bonds with people, you do have to open yourself up. Actually, it is necessary to open yourself up. It's not just sometimes. Because the more that you can connect with others and say, yes, actually, I've dealt with this situation too, and this is how I handled it. And being able to get to interact with them at that level, the more that you're gonna be trusted by others, the more that they're gonna see the human side of you. And that's gonna allow you to be able to, like I said, develop a strong relationship with that person, with those around you. And from there, being able to develop a reputation and credibility as someone who 
has the ability to interact with others well and of course to influence and guide and lead others as a potential director or c-suite executive so there you go there are my six tips on how you can develop emotional intelligence in leadership so that you can land yourself a position in senior management later down the line i hope you enjoyed that you can watch the her full video pause claws wet noses dot fm episode 40 i remember she talked number two was get an honest and objective assessment of you i remember back in the day i hadn't been working very long and i was working with i thought a couple of crabby old women who were it wasn't pleasant working with them and it was one friday night I was leaving, one of them was in the office and I went up to this woman and I asked her what I had done that was so upsetting to her that she treated me the way she treated me. And she turned around and just went bleh all over me. She gave me, she had both barrels loaded and she just shot me down and I thought, wow, that... She, she told me I was stuck up, I was standoffish, I was arrogant, I was rude, I was this, I was that, and I was just shocked, And because I, I didn't think I was like that at all. And I explained to her that I was really shy, and because I am, believe it or not, and I apologized to her for coming across that way because of my shyness. That was on the Friday afternoon. On Monday Everything had changed and it was a whole different atmosphere. And it was just before because I'd been, I guess, a bit open with her and I got an honest and objective assessment of how they thought I was, but it made a difference. So please, if you're, you know, if you are wondering how other people think, I do suggest that you do go with somebody that you trust and who will be gentle with you. This woman was not. Anyway, let's look at the her list. The other thing that I I know that I personally struggle with right now is number four on her list, which is listening. Now, I don't think it's so much that I don't listen. I just think that I get so excited about what the other person is saying that I want to contribute um, to the conversation, which means that sometimes I end up over-talking people, which is I really am working hard on that. For me to just sit and nod at somebody, I feel like I'm not listening because I'm being mute, or I feel like I look like I'm not listening because I'm being mute. So I'm working on number four. As I said, I'll put the full episode up on the show notes page. In summary, Linda's top tips way that or six ways that you can lead with by being emotionally intelligent number one was learn more about the inner workings of you get an honest and objective assessment of you from people who who you trust and i'd like to add who will be gentle with you who will tell you how you are not how you how you think they want you to tell them them to tell you number three journal and track. That's discovering cause and effect and reflecting back on your day. Number four, listen. Number five, put yourself in the other person's shoes. And number six, open yourself up. I have actually started practicing opening myself up a little bit more publicly out there online. And what I've done is if you are on LinkedIn, please connect with me. I have started 
a bit of an attitude of gratitude journal at the end of each week. And I'm sharing things that kind of make me smile on the inside. It's a bit about my week where I'm looking hard sometimes for for good things, for an attitude of gratitude. So I'd love to connect with you at LinkedIn. As always, I hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, please let me know. If you didn't, please also let me know because I don't know what I don't know. Please let me know what you'd like to hear. If you haven't yet clicked that follow button where you listen to your podcasts, please do so. It means that you'll never miss out on episodes of all your favorite podcasts because they'll automatically be sent into your podcast feed. It doesn't cost you a cent to click follow. 100% free and available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All of the big platforms have it. Click follow. If you'd like to look at raising your own personal EQ level, then please get in touch with me privately and we can have a chat about that. Julie at vetstaff.co.nz. That will come under the heading of career progression. Thank you for spending the last half an hour, 25 minutes or so of your life with me. I really do appreciate it. As always, if you have any topics that you'd especially like me to cover, then please let me know. If you've met someone really interesting that you'd love me to interview again, please let me know. I look forward to hearing from you, Julie at vetstaff.co.nz. Here's to wishing you and and your team an absolutely fantabulous week. Kakati ano and God bless. Paws, claws and wet noses is sponsored by Vet Staff. If you've never heard of Vet Staff, it's New Zealand's only full service recruitment agency, 100% dedicated to the veterinary sector. Vet Staff has been around since 2015 and works nationwide from Cape Reinga to the Bluff and everywhere in between. As well as helping Kiwis, vet staff also helps overseas qualified veterinarians find work in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Vetstaff.co.nz 